Good morning, marketers, and welcome to the If You Market Podcast. We are the only podcast that markets the shit out of it. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking with Robert Newman about e-commerce for B2B and the importance of being able to find the product you're looking for when you're on uh, one of these e-commerce sites. So Robert's the uh, managing partner and CMO at CSS Commerce. He's got over 25 years of experience growing businesses as an engineer, a financer, an entrepreneur, board member. Um, thanks for coming on the show, Robert. Hey, thanks for having me, Sky. I'm really glad to be here. So I'm looking forward to talking about this. The, I mean, it seems like a lot of it's about search. It sounds like it's SEO. I'm just going to throw out a smattering of things and then we'll actually start talking about it. But it sure. seems like it's SEO. But when I think about e-commerce for B2B, other than just the functional ability of have, being able to sell stuff and what are you going to put up there, this is the majority of the user experience. Is it not the ability to, when you go to a store, find the product you're looking for? It is. Um, you know, I, I differentiate it from, from SEO. Um, if you SEO something in Google, they do a good job of helping you find stuff. A lot of our customers or soon-to-be customers don't. Right. So it's all about when you get on the site. Right. Are you are you looking around and finding what you're looking for or are you frustrated and in the end leave the site? Right. And I think we've all had those experiences. So everybody knows what we're talking about. But then there's the sites like, I mean, a good example would probably be Amazon, where you go and you search for something and they're pretty damn good at giving you 500 different options for that thing. They are very good at it. And Amazon really is the gold standard, right? I mean, they have a fabulous user experience. If you, if you ask for oven mitts, you have lots of ways to search for that. Not only will you get oven mitts, but I can decide, you know, do I, what color do I want? What price point do I want? And in truth, here's the thing, Scott, B2B e-commerce is becoming the same expectation. Right. And and instead of oven mitts, what we're talking about are parts, you know, could be washers, screws. It could be a it could be a car door. Who knows? It could be whatever so it is. This but is people good. Still want to be able to find it. A lot of people think B2B and they think, um, OK, you got software, you got some business services. They don't realize the scope of the product supply chain and how that's all B2B. Everything all from. The mining company that takes the ore out of the ground doesn't sell to a consumer. It's B2B. They're selling. Now, some of these are really closed um, verticals and they have just a very limited number of companies uh, maybe they're selling to. Uh, but when you get into these manu- like nuts and bolts manufacturing and, and all these other, uh, other areas where you have a wide variety of products, that's probably mm-hmm. where I mean, if you have three products, it doesn't really matter, right? You can just put them all no. on one page, boom. No. But once you have mm-hmm. a catalog of products, then people have to be able to find it. Is this mostly for like the manufacturing wholesale, probably wholesale heavily uh, type industries? Distributors, in fact, are really important, right? So we have a sporting goods distributor. And if you can think about it, right, how many different kinds of companies make coolers? Well, actually, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of them. How many make koozies? How many make, you know, you start adding it up. So when, when you type in tent, right? Yeah, we want to come up with tent, but how big a tent, how many people in the tent? And they're selling to, of course, retailers. Mm. 
So the retailers, you know, they want to buy by quantity. They want to ship to different stores. It, it's, it's actually a more complex search in B2B than it is in typical, typical retail. Amazon is still the king of, of product quantity. But our customers often have, you know, a million different SKUs, a hmm. million different SKUs. Wow. Is that just because there's so many varieties of the, the threads on a bolt and how they're arranged right. and the out of manufacturing people? I don't know the words for it, so I'm not going to try. But, you know, the distance between threads and the this and the length and the that. You're right. It's like there's a billion different screws out there. And they got to make each and every one and they've got to get you the right one. So if you mm-hmm. want a 3 hex screw that's two inches long, you don't want a 10 millimeter hex screw, <laughs> right? right? So it's very specific. Now, even harder, right, as you get into some engineered products, right, with very specific tolerances, right? And we do, we do just common stuff like, plumbing parts, right? Mm. I need a U a U PVC connector, right? We don't think about this stuff, but you know, plumbing parts companies, electrical supply companies, they have a lot of parts. And so when you start typing these things in, it gets complex. And let me tell you a little story about um, Wait, how- when you talk about the volume yeah. of products, I feel like some of these companies could look at their product line and be like, "Great, let's put the descriptions in here." And they say, we have X number of products. It's going to take three minutes for each description. And they're like, oops, if we go around the clock, we'll be done in five years. Like, That's actually true. And then you have to think about things like, here's what we call it, but what might our customer be searching for calling it, right? It's almost like different language. Oh, they call it this on the East Coast and this on the West Coast. We got to have all these different, how do you, how can you possibly get all that stuff into these vast the product catalogs right well that that's a great that is actually the part of the biggest part of the effort right so everyone knows garbage in garbage out right so if all i ever do is call my product a a uh, a nail and i search for nail it's not helpful right, right. i have to have attribute what we call attributes about a product that can include its price it can include what, what is it made out of, right? Is, you know, what, what, uh, how's it used? What's special about it? How many in a package? So right? you have specific screws and you have all these specs, but then you might have the exact same screw made out of a different material with a different coating with a different. Right, right. So the way we do it and the way we help people normalize data, right, is um, we use master data management tools and we go in and we create descriptions around, is it a PVC or a copper pipe? Is, you know, and we begin to use it to go through and match attributes against products. You know, it's, what's messy also is um, some people like to search on, if you're a distributor, some of your customers want to search on the manufacturer's part number because they're well known. Right. That isn't the same as your part number. So we have to have them all. <laughs> and, and we match them up. And so it's a, it's a really complex uh, set of, uh, of uh, relationships that we wind up master, uh, matching. So in a store, when you walk in, mm-hmm. you, can, you don't know where stuff is. Maybe you have the aisles labeled, but let's say you're looking for something. You don't even know where it's going to be. You just walk up and down every aisle. 
right? Mm-hmm. I've put in so many steps in Home Depot, just walking every aisle because I wasn't sure what I was looking for, where it would be. Yes. Um, and there's never anyone there to help you when you want them. <laughs> but in a website, you can't really walk up and down every aisle. No. Right. But uh, so it seems like if you go the search route, that's mm-hmm. great if you have it nailed down really well. But if I remember right, the, the original way of searching on a website was kind of like a hierarchy tree. Yep. Where you might say like, okay, I'm in Home Depot. Let me go to the plumbing section. And now you're just, mm-hmm. and it allows you to browse through categories of stuff so that you don't accidentally search out the thing you're looking for. Is there in e-commerce, is there a place for that? Is that part of the search structure where you have both Absolutely. and this keyword search? Absolutely. Categories remain a, a well-used search item. But now, right, because, look, in our, our consumer experiences, particularly with Amazon, begin to drive our behaviors at work, right? So typically what people now do is they search in the search bar first and refine with the categories and refinements on the left. They don't hmm. start left. You're right. Interesting. We, we used to do that, but most people don't. Here's, here's a, uh, an interesting fact. People who start with a very specific search in the, in the search bar will represent two-thirds of your money. They're the far more likely people to, uh, to, to buy something when it's a specific search. If it's a hmm. simple, short word search in B2B, typically they're browsing, and we can begin to actually get behavior ideas off of what they're doing in search. Is that because the search area is typically kind of front and center? Like it's designed, most sites are designed for search to be there. I feel like if you put the categories there and put the search over on the side, it might flip. Uh, Are the the sites encouraging the search over the categories uh, on purpose or do humans just want, prefer to search keyword? People prefer to search keywords now, right? There's no change in the way companies have had categorized search on the left hand. We all know where it is. (laughs) Every company has it especially large, but here's, here's the reason why. When you're, when you're looking at a site with 100,000 different parts, just clicking plumbing and then pipe just doesn't get you a narrow enough result fast, right? right? We are incredibly impatient people. We expect things now. Well, also when you're on a website, the barrier to leave is really small. When you're in Home Depot, you're like, am I really going to drive over to Lowe's um, or just not get this thing today? But on a website, right. you're like, I already have three other sites open in my browser on other tabs anyway. So yeah, I was going to compare their prices. I was going to go. Yeah, no, it's three. You got, you got three strikes, right? You put in the first one. Yeah, that wasn't right. I might try to refine it. And then I may, or, you know, and now I'm beginning to get doubtful. I might, go look at one more thing, but that's it. It's three. So and you're out. You mentioned Amazon being amazing at this. Sure. They are. Um, is Amazon amazing? Is it something Amazon did, or is it the fact that all their users are competing? And this is basically what gets you to sell the product or not is having the right keywords in there. So 
when you have an army of people trying to optimize this against each other, they're going to get a better result than one company being like, we're done with that. Move on. No, it's, it's because Amazon did data, right? If you are trying to resell on Amazon, they have a very specific set of fields you need to fill out. Their master data management is, has been well laid out from, from day one, right? You are picking categories you want to, you want to be in. You're putting in a description. Obviously, they, they, there is an incentive because it is a search. And the better information you put in, the more searches you will appear in. They come back and give you recommendations, just like Google does. They're, but they have created a very strong um, data management setup that everyone fills in. And that's one of the reasons they're good at it. The second reason is really the second part of search, which is, right, we all love that. And again, Amazon is the best. You might be interested in right. these other parts. And one of the other things that we do for customers that's really important is being able to rank things by profit, right? So if someone puts in a, a, uh, a Kohler, um, you know, sink, uh, and, and what if you have an off-brand that's the same kind, hmm. but you make more money on it, Right. Believe it or not, people are more satisfied by multiple returns than they are by a specific single return. Right. So the one strategy, correct thing, they're like, I'd rather have the correct thing and a couple incorrect ones just so I feel better about the correct one. Yeah. Or I didn't think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. It gives me some shopping options. You'll see Google will, I mean, uh, Amazon will do that. Right. They'll have a couple other people who bought this also bought. And then I also might have other things related to your search front and center, exactly what you asked for, but mm. here's some other thoughts. I'm thinking now, now in my business, we're not quite e-commerce. We're not in the category you're talking about, but people can buy data on our site online mm, Sure. Um, and they run searches against our database. And I'm thinking now when we run a search, we should show a couple other options like here's a competitor's list and their price. And we'll just make some stuff up that looks bad to make ourselves look better. <laughs> just say, here's some other options. And then they'll be like, well, yeah, yours yeah. is obviously the best. Let's buy that. <laughs> Great. Thanks for showing me those. Well, uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit of, you know, reinforcement to the buyer. Hey, you've made a great choice. But typically, right, if you think about it, you go to hotels.com. And I'm using lots of, of, um, uh, of retail uh, examples because they're easy to relate to. Right. But, We're B2B you know, here, I, but uh, I, those are what people I, recognize. I'm a huge hotels.com user for right or wrong. We can, but, but I love, they say what we get paid influences our search. It's right at the top, right? So the first ones hotels.com is the ones they get the biggest commission on, mm. right? Always. So you have to scroll down a little bit with them in order to get Perhaps what I'm looking for is like the best deal as close to where I've got to be as possible. Um, it's the same with Amazon and it's the same with any other customer, right? You're, you're in business to make money, a better margin. And so you right. can put those things on where people can compare and choose for themselves. Honestly, my job is to make my customers more money. 
keep their customers, make customers want to buy from them by giving them a great experience. Right. But your number one job is to make you money. And that's where if you're going to one of these sites like that, (laughs) that, uh, that you're not paying them, like somebody's paying them and that's their actual client. Um, Yes. That's interesting. And that, well, sometimes you get side deals too. I, uh, I know someone who used to do tours for tourists. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they would do tours in Las Vegas. These tourists would come in, they'd show them around Las Vegas. And when they're there, they want to see a show. And there's a lot of shows yeah. you can take them to. But this guy was telling me one day, like, well, yeah, I, I'd always take them to this show because this show gives me the biggest kickback. So right. even though they were paying to go on the tour, but there's still these side things influencing where it's like, hey, the guy is ultimately looking out for himself. As long as it doesn't hurt his ability to give tours when he has two shows, he was like, this isn't the best show in Vegas, but it's the best show for me. <laughs> I, I make the most money when I take people here versus somewhere else. Of, of course. And Amazon now offers their own branded products, right? Mm. They make Ooh. more money off of it. I've heard about that scandal. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> well, dirty. But it's it it's normal, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, look, you have, and but you also have brand loyal people, right? So it's the old, is it Coke, Pepsi, or you know K Cola? Right. <laughs> well, when you're talking about the B two B supply chain products and stuff going to plumbing, mm-hmm. I will buy a brand name product if I can't hold it in my hand and feel it because I've bought the thing that looks the same from another brand, but it turns yeah. out it's made of a really thin plastic and the shower head explodes after two weeks. Cause it was right. just made like, you know, like, wow, this is a half the cost of the brand name one. I'm like, Oh, there's a reason. Yeah. I mean, sometimes those brands earn their brand name through actual quality versus something Abs- plastic, cheap, going to break. Absolutely. And actually, that's another reason good data is important, right? So if you're doing something online uh, with, uh, with anything, right, if, if you don't have information about what's it made of, right, what is its specifications, a good purchasing officer or, or engineer looking for something, if he if you can't find out what you need, you're not going to trust the product. Like right. you just I, I can't tell if this is plastic or metal. And then right. I've done that. I've not bought before right. because is I it, couldn't tell. And I'm just like, I'm is not it copper tricked. or copper yep. plated? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which or know, just which like is it? Copper right? is this color. Do you get the copper colored thing? Yeah, it's just color. It's just really pretty. Yeah. No, it's important to know the difference. So sales go up with better data management. Sales go up with better data management because you can find things and sales go up uh, because you've provided a better user interface, uh, a better user experience. It's a virtuous cycle. The problem is it's really hard. Have you ever tried searching a grocery store? Uh, Sky, it's, it's, it, it, it can be really frustrating, right? right? If you're looking for something um, and, and, it, it, for me, they are the the worst search experiences ever. Um, that and Walmart. I, I don't know how Walmart could have screwed up the e-commerce game as badly as they have, but worst search data, worst search experience, and nothing to buy. Great. Um, Thanks. Now I'm going to get a call from their lawyer. 
<laughs> you can send them to me. I, I've written many a, a, a blog post about, you know, how, how to lose in e-commerce. The sad thing is, right, for me, because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a great company. They have a huge logistic uh, advantage, right? So during COVID, where could I get toilet paper? Walmart. Anywhere else? No. Right. So they know how to handle supply chain. What they aren't good at and seem to be bungling is how to actually list things online. I would taunt the local punks and wait for them to TP my house. And then I would collect it all in trash bags. That was my technique. Well, it's free, too. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't think of that one. (laughs) Okay, so. um. What are the, let's say somebody has an e-commerce site or they're getting ready mm-hmm. to start one. Sure. Um, what are some techniques they can use to make sure they're getting the information in there? I imagine you're not going to write your code from scratch for e-commerce. You're going to be using no. some sort of a platform, right? Right. Um, but then within those platforms, what, what are the key things they need to pay attention to, to make sure that people can find their stuff. Speed, I guess, is really, again, you're using a platform. It probably shouldn't be an issue. Well, speed is an issue, um, the bigger you get, right? Mm-hmm. So the things that slow down a, a, a e-commerce site the most are improperly sized pictures, right? So photos, but photos are really important. Uh, the second thing, right, is, is if you start putting a lot of uh, code Right. So you buy a lot of add on code to, um, you know, all right. Plugins and plugins and plugins and plugins and plugins and plugins. Right. That'll slow it down. So work with an expert on how to optimize for a good, light user interface experience from the data side. One, go look at your competitors. Right. What what, and, and search and see what it is that they're able to deliver. But when you think about it, lay out a very good um, what's called taxonomy. Taxonomy is the words that describe what you want. So there's always a short description, a long form description, and then you'll want to break out things in such a way that they're easy to that you would want to search on. Right. What kind Mm -hmm. of category it, it is, obviously what the price is. Um, being able to understand what um, the size dimensions you want to capture. You want to capture that not only for your customers, but you'll need to do it when you ship it. So think about things that actually will help you the whole way through. Size is really important to customers, but you, I've worked with a number of, of large distribution companies, and they don't know what the size of the boxes are which means they have problems storing it in a warehouse once they begin to scale, right? When you're small, it's pretty easy. When you Is that why Amazon to- just had one box and it was the size of a car and like everything just goes <laughs> into that same box? Was it just they hadn't caught up to that part of it yet? The yeah, size? I, think, like- I think that's what it is. That's when why? you get these boxes, right? And they're three times the size of the item and they're all just yeah. stuffed with- You get a refrigerator uh, with- delivered every day. You're like, why do I have a refrigerator on my porch? Oh, it's just the box. Yeah. That's right. That's right. They hadn't quite optimized for box size yet. No, but you want to think about things in a very structured way. It's, you know, if, if you were having, if you were having someone with OCD describe the product, that's what you want. So 
that that really helps you put together, you know, color, assortment, all the things that someone cares about when they're searching on a website. Now, okay. the advantage of some platforms is they will give you a basic structure to begin with, and they'll all let you add from there. Mm-hmm. So it isn't like they just give a blank area and say, describe, put in your comma Most, separated hashes or something. They give you like, hey, make sure you put this, 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 this. Most do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're doing, a, you know, the, the discussion of, let, let's say, like Shopify, for example. Shopify gives you a good basic structure, right? Because it's, because it's a, uh, a set of software, it's, it's SaaS enabled, it lives out on the web. Right for it to be able to do its job and show things and built easily, it has a decent structure to start with. If you're a little bigger, right, and you're trying to replatform into something, you tend, especially in B two B, you tend to use much more customized software, and therefore it takes a lot more thinking up front, which folks don't do don't always do. Right, you come in after the fact and make changes. Mm. So what about, I mean, somebody's got a thousand products. Mm-hmm. Is it really just going in and entering this for all? Are there shortcuts? Are there tricks to not having to just write a paragraph for every product a thousand times? There, there are definitely tricks, right? So for, for companies with, you know, a large number of products and SKUs and variations, right? We use something called a product information management system. And what we can do is use sections and intelligently mix and match data. And the reason we're able to do that is we've created a very defined structure of what things are. So for example, right, we know that we might have um, the same item, but it comes in a four inch, six inch um, and two foot length, right? Whatever it is. And we will just simply utilize the same information and then create four items of that variety. So when we're in that creation mode, we're able to reuse content, assign it, or go find things that are appropriate and generate content that way. That's the only way to do it quickly is to have good attributes again, so that as we're moving through the product line, we're able to make the distinctions that are important, but not rewrite a novel every single part. Right. That seems like that's the sticking point is putting in the work and then something changes and you're like, oh, now we have to go and rewrite all this again, creating this massive collection of, of data that then has to be maintained, has to be updated and, and, and whatnot all the time. Um, any shortcuts to doing that seem like they would be, uh, extremely valuable. Yeah, they are, which is, again, why we really work on this data practice a lot. So if there are updates that can be put across a system, we've designed systems to do that, right? So for example, um, price increases uh, are a very standard one across every industry, right? I can go in and immediately say, okay, across the board, we're doing a $1 increase, a 5% increase, um, two cents, right? We can, we can run it across. We can define products for it because those happen all the time, right? Right. Those are easy. Changing out attributes like um, part numbers, which, which is called a part revision. Those things take a little bit more tech, but 
that's the tech we build and sell. Is that where sometimes uh, an intern comes in? You're just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. That's no, the tech as really, an intern. Yeah, the intern, the intern, uh, they tend, you know, we use monkeys actually, you know. Interns are too expensive. Well, the problem with an intern is you have them go and adjust the price. Next thing you know, you just sold 10,000 units of something at two cents instead of $2 because the guy exactly. didn't care to put it in right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Every, I, I, why are we getting so many orders all of a sudden? Oh, right. my God, this is awesome. <laughs> no, no. The, the robot apocalypse is actually the preferred way, right? Just mm. have it hit the same number over and over again which is called robotic process automation. And that's another way to go and do this, right? It, it's really effective. Okay, but how to, how? Let's say I'm, I'm a small mm -hmm. business, but I have a ton of products and I'm saying, yeah. that's great. Where's the button I hit to make that happen? Is that part of the platforms? Is that a separate software? Is that a process they can do in a spreadsheet? How's that In some off? cases, well, there all of those can happen depending on, how many parts you have, how large a company you are, right? So if you had a thousand products and you were selling on Shopify, the odds are you can upload the, you know, a spreadsheet would probably be the easiest way to do it, right? Because you hit the multiples and, and you, and you re-upload your SKUs and you've got your thousand uh, price changes and they're done really pretty quickly. If you have a million different parts, right? You're probably not terribly small, right? You're, you're, you're going to be in the tens of millions, not always hundreds, right? But at least in the tens of millions. And that's where you've probably begun to make an investment. And, and our customers do um, to make an investment in sophisticated software um, that has these kinds of tools. Typically, they're called MDM software, master data management, or PIM product information management types of software. And they're kind of a back end to a sophisticated website. And that's really where our specialization has come in. So I want to jump back to the speed thing. I had a thought there. Sure. It seems like there's kind of two aspects to the speed. There's a speed of the actual website that you mentioned, mm -hmm. like, oh, you have the plugins and stuff like that, and they can affect um, how long it takes for a search to run. But there's how long you put in a keyword how long does it take for that results to show up? But then yeah. how long does it take for them to get the results they actually wanted? Like, they're like, oh, now let me adjust that. Let me adjust that. Let me back to our yeah. kind of our original discussion. Speed doesn't matter if it really quickly keeps giving you the wrong results. Um, so it seems like ultimately, one, you want to see the search end quickly because that can be annoying, like finish. Yeah. But also, it, it can't be too many jumps before you get a, a buyable a viable result. Um, yes. I'm not sure if there's a question there. <laughs> well, let me give you a few things, right? So first, page, page speed itself needs to be under two seconds, which can actually be pretty darn um, hard to do when, you, when you're doing a complex page with tons and tons of photographs and blueprints and things. So you have to really consider that. The second thing you asked about is, you know, whether it can get you there. So I'm going to tell you the worst case ever that I encountered. So <laughs> um, please use is, names. Please use names. Yeah, no, no, no <laughs> names. But, but the worst possible outcome you can have in search is, you know, I'll do an assessment for someone 
and you try to use industry typical things, right? So how would you type in one ounce? Well, for me, one ounce is one OZ. Seems reasonable. Now, I always try to be a little tricky. So I put in no spaces. I would say, is there a space between that or not? Yeah. (laughs) Well, the number one, an O and a Z. It broke the website. Wow. That is the worst possible outcome you can have, right? But not just didn't give it, but then you also need one slash OZ. It it came up with the red and yellow screen and it's, and it, you know, it, a, a SQL error, a database error actually happened because it, I get, and I just looked at it and said, okay, you need help. But you <laughs> felt good right there, right? You were, oh, like, I felt like oh, I had a sale in the bag. I just I, won. Yeah. I was like, screenshot right now. <laughs> Let me come back to this with you. Yeah, absolutely. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a slam dunk in the sales business right it, there. It, it, that yeah. is a slam dunk. It's a, and, and, and the beauty is then you can say, we really can help you. <laughs> mm-hmm. That seems like bar. that's I the, like low bar. Yeah. Hey, low hanging fruit is the best fruit, man. Um, that seems like the actual real life version of all those emails you get saying, Hey, we looked at your site and we saw some problems. We'd like to talk to you about it. And nobody looked at your site. They're just saying, you're like, no, no, I actually showed you a problem happened exactly. right here I mean, and I can fix it. That's what I'm here for. Right. Right. Um, no, no. You know, I, I don't randomly go out looking at websites to create errors, but when I find them, hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah. definitely let people know about. So it. all those kind of variations, you just having yeah. to put in every possible permutation of some of these search things. And, yeah. and then sometimes, again, other not languages, but way people say the same product. You're having slashes and dashes and underscores and spaces and no spaces. And that's right. And people want to use, you know, symbols, right? So we'll put in MM for millimeters and, and we'll use the quote sign for inches and, you know, and, and the pound sign for pound. And a lot of systems are not set up to, uh, to, to help with that. I have another customer. So their search was designed for one thing and one thing only, their part numbers. And if you don't know their part numbers, you shouldn't be their customer. It's tough to get new customers that way. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, maybe we could let them search on something else. They were like, yeah, we we think that sounds like a good idea. I'm like, Mm. sounds like a good idea to me too. with, With them, here's a... I imagine if their site was up and running, if yeah. they were to look at it, they might see a lot of let's let's say they made some sort of plastic molding packaging product or something like that. Sure. Um, sure. They would probably see if they were able to look at the history of searches run on their site, very few part numbers entered in, but a whole bunch of keywords. Right. Is that part of this process looking at what people have searched for and maybe then not bought? searched for and not got any results and saying, Oh, here's an area. I mean, I'm sure sometimes you're like, why are they looking for free porn on my site? Obviously that's not relevant unless it is (laughs) not B2B, but um, (laughs) not work friendly, (laughs) but then there's searches where you say, Oh, this is relevant, but it didn't get anything or it didn't get a purchase. And now you have to wonder, is that because we just didn't make the sale or they didn't find what they're looking for? Is that yeah? Part no, of that's business? actually 
that is a really important component, right? So that's the, the next layer deeper, which is how do you create these relationships between what people actually search for, between what they search for and what they actually buy? Right. So or whether they, right? sometimes it's nothing. Or not buy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what did they choose based on a search? All of that data actually is accumulated and uh, between machine learning, if I'm being honest, or artificial intelligence, if I'm selling you something, uh, then (laughs) it's a it's a nit stickler with me. Bad salesman. It's all artificial intelligence. Um, My data guys correct me all the time. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But nonetheless, we use AI enabled software right, to begin to make those connections. So that we're, and by the way, so where does that information go? Well, one, we update your product descriptions with it. Hmm. So you can say something like, people who search for this keyword frequently buy this product that doesn't include that keyword. Yep. And then it's just really easy to say, well, maybe we should include that keyword. Maybe we should include that keyword or make sure we include that or bump up certain products in the search relevance. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're, so basically we wait a search relevance. We always try to return the best return. You always want to do that. Give the customer what they asked for. But in those other options, right, we can move things up and down based on relevance, price. Right. So you're not trying to bullseye and give them one Never. result whenever possible. Like you want to give some options. I do. I, I mm-hmm. absolutely do. And And if you think about it, how many times have you searched for something? but not actually bought exactly the first time you found right. something. It or, happens uh, all the time. Honestly, I'll search around for something and then go down a rabbit hole because I see something else. And I'm like, it, again, walking Home Depot and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. These, these doors look nice. I should think about another, you know, you see some piece of hardware and you're like. You do. You get an idea. Yeah. Absolutely. That keyword is called squirrel. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> is that a technical term? Yes. It, no. That's awesome. <laughs> Search squirrels. Okay. Now what about um, in the grocery store again, you get to the checkout and you have all the impulse buy products. Sure. They've seen that Amazon has it as well. Programming in kind of this goes with this. Here's other options type things. Um, So I feel like, so we got our basic search speed, categorizing everything. Can you find it? And then we right. have the optimizing it by looking at what bought, didn't bought type of thing. Now, what about this ancillary stuff? The also bought yeah. stuff, the, hey, you might be interested in this. Hey, you looked at this last year. We're going to show it to you again. Um, what, what about at, those? No, no, no. Those are really important. And to be honest, most B2B purchasing is behind that. But the here super are things that we do. Area. Right. Super size. Well, Let's let's put it into the boring words of a of a of a, of a B two B buyer, right? And the question is, did you buy an economic quantity? In other words, would you like free shipping with that? Uh, well, that's not normal in a B two B world. But if you buy three more of those, I'll give you free shipping. That's the number one favorite thing of everybody, right? Well, not everyone is Amazon Prime in the B two B world, right? It's not an expected thing. So we try to give them a quantity that gets them free shipping. We try to offer, again, something that um, goes with it. Could be a replacement part. It could be a case. It could be, you know, anything that's somewhat related. 
and you can make a decision as to whether you offer it on a buy now, which is a discount, right? Or, uh, or, or send reminders afterwards that says, you know, did you actually get, you know, satisfaction out of this? Have you then considered? So we'll do follow-up buys and it all uses that same, uh, that same AI technology. So it seems like the follow-up, were you satisfied with your purchase is really an excuse to get in front so, of them and show them additional products they might buy. <laughs> you found me out, Scott. <laughs> Dang. So was it how, that obvious? <laughs> yeah, that's it's you're you're providing a service. Sometimes yes. there's some uh, sleight of hand to it that might convince people to buy something they wouldn't otherwise, but usually it's something you're just showing them options they might need. That absolutely. And and no no no, look, an email is cheap. And people do buy off of email, mm. always. Especially when they've already bought from you. Like you're Especially, not cold at Exactly. That point. No, no. I've got a trusted relationship. You delivered on time. I got my free shipping. And you know what? I do want to buy a couple extra widgets. So I'm going to click that email and stuff it in my cart. Excellent. So time is flying here. Can yeah. you give some, like a tech stack for B2B e-commerce? Uh, what? Yeah favorite tech stack, maybe some options, but like if you were putting together a B2B e-commerce site from scratch, what, what techs would you use? Okay. So for, so there's two tech stacks and I'm going to give all right. Excellent. So someone who, who is an open source buyer, right? They don't want to pay for software. They just want to pay for services. The lamp tech, uh, tech stack. And then the, the other big one in the world is .NET, right? So I'll mm -hmm. give you a quick, and, and we offer both practices, right? So let's say that uh, we'll do open source first. The most famous open source software out there is Magento. Um, it, it is used by more um, B2B e-commerce open source folks than anyone else, but I'd also throw out like, uh, shopware is an up-and-comer. And then behind that, if you're sophisticated, right, you're going to want a PIM. And uh, we work on the uh, Aquino and the PIM for PIM. Both Is that the thing open. that you mentioned was similar to MDM? That is, they are, they are MDM products. They contain, so MDM includes a lot of interesting acronyms. PIM, <laughs> damn. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on. They're the, they're the way we make sites run faster and, uh, and more effective and with good data. On the .NET side, right, um, there's a couple of routes, right? Um, we work, so if you're a mega huge company, um, I highly recommend Intershop. It's kind of an all-in-one experience. It's got your PIM inside. It, it's for really large enterprises, right? So I used to work for Xerox Corporation and Xerox uses uh, Intershop. That's an example. If you're a little smaller than that, right? So something like a big commerce, that's a .NET. And then uh, a little known PIM, but it's also .NET is Perfion. And we service both of those. So I almost have two sides of a company. And then in search, right? Um, we really work with and, and uh, all our search is based on something, something called Apache Solar, S-O-L-R. But there's a product called Lucidworks, which is the best AI in the industry. 
and we'd hmm. use that on either side. So what separate parts are there? I mean, you mentioned the e-commerce platform, let's say mm-hmm. something like Magento. That's yep. a very common name um, people would recognize. And then you say you have the search and then mm-hmm. you have the e-commerce part. A lot of small business people, I think e-commerce and they just think shopping cart. Yeah. You have like your WooCommerce or some sort of shopping cart software. Yep. Are these are these all separate things within the e-commerce tech stack? I mean, I don't want to go they so are. deep as say, hey, you need website hosting. Obviously, that's we won't that's yeah. not part no, of no, the tech no. stack. But um, so you need both a software that handles the search functionality, handles yep. the e-commerce. So the e-commerce like Magento, is that really just like prod? product organization product price yeah product shopping cart price Hmm. um that has all of it built in so it does okay okay so it's not a separate necessarily for each function you can uh you're getting them in in one package typically and then when you get larger right so if you begin to have ten thousand SKUs or more that's where you begin to think about that that MDM layer that I talked about, mm-hmm. right? So your typical, you know, your typical store will have somewhere between a hundred and twenty-five hundred SKUs or parts or shirts or whatever it is you sell. It, it's typically that number. And in that size of a company, you don't need some of the tools that I've talked about. You start getting larger than that, and you do. And if you are larger than that and have at least 25 million a year in revenue, please talk to me. Yeah. And you can, <laughs> you sh- for God's sakes, if you're that large and you're not using one of these, your right. problems could be a lot larger. <laughs> well, you could be a lot larger, right? We, we actually worked with a company that tripled their revenue in three years. Um, we like to say we worked really hard to keep the website holding together, but um, they're now over a billion dollar company. So Online. that is a um, e-commerce success creates e-commerce problems because of the scaling of these. That's systems, right. Right. That, it, it absolutely is. Um, that's a great point. Right. They got so large and have um, hundreds of thousands of SKUs. Right. The good news is we had just done a major upgrade prior to this start. And then we've done you know, a, a variety of upgrades along the way. So they had laid down a foundation. Or they did. Set, they, set out roots that could support it. They um, did. Ex, that, that's no, which, which was really, so they, they recognized, right, that, well, everyone starts when they have a problem. No one says, hey, I feel great. Let me go to the doctor now, right? Mm. It's typically, I, I have a toothache. I, you know, my stomach doesn't feel well or I'm falling down every time I get up. Um, so that's when we get a call and they already were having problems, right? And, and, the, and the telltale signs, site load speeds were over five seconds. Their customers were screaming. They, customers could no longer find anything they wanted. If you have these kinds of problems, there are doctors to help you fix this. Or if you don't, it'll fix itself. When your customers right. leave, things will get back to their. No, you're exactly right. Like, then it'll be things cool. get right back to normal. You you go back down to a hundred SKUs, and your and your revenue drops right down yeah. to where you started. And your site speeds quick again, though. It's it's exactly. easy. Yeah, no problem at all. No, you only have actually, one person this is on your a great site. Solution. I'm I'm going to present that as the alternative in my next sales. Pitch. There's two ways you can go. <laughs> right. That is a good and they thing. Both to fix the problems. You could have all this could work fine, and you don't have to change yeah. anything. 
That's right. But here's what will change. <laughs> exactly. You have half as many customers. This would be a lot easier. Right. Um, no, it would. Less customers is far easier to service. I mean, look, you want to make a million dollars selling lemonade. You can set up the logistics to sell a million cups of lemonade for a dollar piece, or you can figure out how to sell one for a million dollars and then you don't have to, but you'll probably end up selling one for a dollar. If you don't have the uh, very good chance you're going to sell one for a dollar. Yeah. yeah. Harder to do the one for a million, unless you make it an NFT. <laughs> Lemonade NFT. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For this airs are going to run out and start selling lemonade NFTs. Um, okay. Excellent. So you mentioned like, Hey, here's a size company we work with. Let's get to yeah. that a little bit more before the end here. Sure. Um, sure. Robert Newman. Uh, from CSS Commerce Company, can you tell us kind of how you got into this business? Let's let's start with that. Like most people yeah. don't come out of you know come out of college, no. or high school. No, and, and I, I like to say this is this is my ultimate job, right? So, uh, you know, I'm an odd marketer. I started my career in engineering. Um, figured out that guys in finance were making more money than me, so I got an MBA and went into finance. And I figured out the guys in marketing were making just as much money as the finance guys, but they weren't sticks up their butt. They were really having fun. So then I got into marketing. I became a CMO, product manager. Uh, and then I ventured out into the world and, and have been an entrepreneur for a lot of years. So I like to say this is the job that really lets me use my right and left brain thinking, right? E-commerce is way more than just programming. Right. It's it's really thinking about solutions that satisfy customers needs. And that can be really wildly out of the box and creative, which is fun for me. That that's what I love about doing this every single day. So New you problem. mentioned the PIM part of MDM software. Yes. One of those acronym <laughs> clusters are being thrown out there. You yeah. had worked in the past for a company called PIMCore. Is I that did. a coincidence or is that the same kind of PIM? No, so it is a PIM. It's it's one we work on. And interestingly enough, yes, sometimes you work yourself out of a job. And uh, and we we did that. And my business partner, who was the vice president of sales, um, and I kind of looked at each other and said, hey, this is this is pretty good stuff. And we've got some uh, some experience in it. Let's let's go see if we can sell this. So our very first sale was a Magento and PIMCore upgrade um, for a $300 million uh, distributor, who is the exact same one who has gone on and well now well over tripled their revenue and, and are a billion dollar distributor. It's a good first sale to have. PIMCore it's also- not a, Yeah, no, we, yeah. we did okay on that one. It, it sounds like the generic name given to an evil company. I'm sorry. In some uh, like cartoon or something like that. Yeah. Pimcor. <laughs> That's where the bad guy works. He runs Pimcor. Um, well, it does sure solve a, a lot place. of people's problems, but, <laughs> but it's, it, uh, I, I get it. I, I am Pimcor. So you end up um, over at CSS commerce. Yep. You've talked a little bit about, I mean, we've been talking about the e-commerce um, optimization and the speed and search and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. can you give us kind of a pitch on exactly what CSS commerce does? Like we know, I think you said like 25 million plus B2B yep. e commerce companies. 
Um, but what do you guys do for them other than everything we talked about? What's your specific uh, kind of? Sure. I, I think that, and thank you for that opportunity. So CSS, right? I actually made that acronym on purpose, right? So CSS is really um, the only e-commerce services company that focuses on your commerce, your search, and your supply chain. So we optimize end-to-end the entire system to get your logistics and inventory in line with your sales, your POS, and selling to your customers. And that's something really unique about us. Our competitors typically will just focus on the front end. We know that your ability to actually deliver and have inventory on hand actually is a pretty big, important part. So you're talking about things like you'd mentioned um, the shipping boxes, just yeah. on the size of the product. So it's things like, great, they find what they want, um, they buy it, but how does that connect into the delivery to their door? Um, right. Does the front end enable the rest of the the logistics there? Exactly, right? So you 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 need to know the size of a box when it comes in to be able to put it on the warehouse uh, shop floor, to be able to pull it and be able to uh, ship it with other items, right? So if you're sending 10 items of different widgets, they all have different box sizes. Well, what instead of just sending the refrigerator box every time, Sky, let's actually you know, save the planet a little bit of cardboard and put it in the right size. And, I don't know, my kids have got money. a lot of entertainment out of those refrigerator boxes. That box. is true. That, Absolutely. Sometimes the box is better than the gift. You know what? No wonder we have a homeless problem in L.A. I think they're all living in Amazon boxes. Uh, somebody's going to be very comfortable. Somehow I'm going to be a terrible enough. person for saying that. Um, OK, anything else uh, people should know? I mean, we're talking to marketers here, mostly small business owners. Yep. Some. Um, yep. So we, we, when we talk about the logistics, we get a little bit away from the marketing side of e-commerce, but you know, the war is won in the supply chain, plenty of businesses B2B in this mid supply chain uh, area, your whole profit margin may be having better logistics than your competitors. It is. So it's not trivial being able to get this stuff smoothly delivered. It's not right. How much have shipping rates gone up in the last year? Right. And now fuel surcharges are on top of that. So really thinking about how you are able to deliver your customer is really important. And honestly, it doesn't matter what size you are. Believe it or not, my business partner and I decided to enter into the t-shirt, online t-shirt business, which, by the way, is an awful business. Uh, we, we don't make a dime. I, yeah, but you we, probably make some pretty funny dime, shirts. Right. But but. What we did learn is we learned a lot of things about what our customers need to do. So we went out, we built the website, we, you know, we thought about how is how are different things going to work, and then we worked through the logistics of what do our customers actually have to do. Were you and, just looking to create a cheap and easy entry proving ground, or were, were yeah. you actually interested in the? So the company you're almost not no. in, you're in, it's like a test run company. You're like, it we was. don't want expensive products. What's the cheapest product? No, it's the cheapest thing we can sell online and just mm. make sure we don't lose wow. our shirts. Your right? customers have no idea. Your poor competitors. They're like, how are these guys doing this to us? And you're like, because we have no interest in making a we profit. We have no That's interest in making money at how this are they supposed whatsoever. To with that. <laughs> but plug that site. I want to know where I can go. And- <laughs> 
so it's it's called right to bear arms it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a t-shirt site happy to have you buy t-shirts um but the entire proving ground was for us to learn one thing we don't deal with a lot right we know logistics we knew how to set up a warehouse and how to set up an e-commerce but then how do you make customers happy how do you deal with complaints how are you shipping things out and that's an area we really wanted to be able to say we had some experience in with our customers so when i say we've lived in your shoes to a customer we we really have hmm. now the the reason we built it actually is it it did make money it was also a proving ground for a piece of technology with another customer that we could import a certain set of data for them and be able to create websites on the fly. You that know, worked really well. You're going to make a billion dollars someday from the t-shirt company that you never intended to even succeed. Or <laughs> I'm okay with it. Not Sky, I'm okay with it. Uh, it hasn't happened yet. We don't do a lot of Unfortunately, maybe there's some small business marketers out there who can help me with a t-shirt company because we don't really concentrate on it, right? We put up a few ads and if people come, fabulous. But what, we sell on Etsy, for example, mm -hmm. right? So one of the purposes was, okay, we've built a website, but how do we get data back and forth to different, to different sites, right? So that we could really say we understand omni-channel and we do it for ourselves. Um, it, it was far more in exercise and in integrations and in, in, ha in proving out that um, we could really handle the returns, software, and things like that. So I, I have a t-shirt idea for you. Actually. Okay. Everyone's, I'm it down. I think everybody, here's what you could tap into. Everybody yeah. in the world has a t-shirt idea like once every couple months. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so you have the war going on in Ukraine and yeah. there's all this stuff going on around it. Um, my wife's family is from Ukraine. So very close to us. Yeah. And I know some, uh, some of the language now. And if you take the, just do it. So you get sued by Nike, but I, I don't know if they'll want to sue for this. Um, <laughs> you take, just do it in, in Russian and Ukrainian. There's a thing called doula. It's like giving the middle fingers when you put your thumb between your, your fingers. Yeah. Like this, right. There it's, you go. It's called doula. It's we're, like giving, we're, we're swearing on video right now. Yes, all right, we're swearing on video. It's all right as long as it's not in English. Weird enough, you can say it <laughs> on the Absolutely. radio, TV. Say all you want in another language, you'll never know. I've heard some no. Russian swear words in like uh, TV shows that had some Russian spy, and I'm like, this guy's cursing up a storm. Like, oh, it's in Russian, doesn't matter. Um, so doula, you say just doula it, yeah. and you show the fist with this on it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm All like, right, oh, I that, like that it. would sell. You make it. Be, I'm, I'm yeah. drawing it right now, right? I'm yeah. putting it down. Just doula. You got the Ukrainian colors. Just doula. I'd buy that shirt. All right. Yeah. It's, it's good. I'm going to send you out the design for your approval. I like when people say, I've got an idea. And somebody's like, oh, let me get my pen and paper and write this down, this important idea you're about to share. Hey, I like it. <laughs> More for uh, humor purposes than anything else. But I would buy that if somebody made a just doula shirt. Hey. And then I'd sue them because gonna... I want royalties. <laughs> you sue them. You're not getting a shirt now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So a little off track, but CSS commerce. I love uh, having that proving ground to, uh, to test these things out like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people are looking for those kind of services. You can uh, reach out to Robert Newman. If you've got three products and you're making uh, on Etsy, don't bother to reach out to Robert, all right? That's not exactly 
you're optimized just fine. No, no sweat there. Um, Most likely you're doing a fine job on Etsy. A- absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. If you're, if you are a, a, a B2B business could be office supplies, it could be, you know, it could be socks, right? I mean, it, it could be. Oh, are you kidding me? All the different types of socks and stitching and length and color and it's all, massive. Oh my God, there's an insane. Number yeah. of socks. Fa- fab- we worked with a fabrics company and, and we learned a lot about how much variation there is. And um, so, yeah, if you've got a complex set of products, you know, over a thousand SKUs, um, you know, you're, you're in the $20 million product range and up, which according to the government is still small business. I don't know how big you got to get to, to not be small anymore, but nonetheless, um, you know, if you're looking for help with complex problems, um, we're, we're here to help you. Uh, quick example for one of my customers, go to carsonandquinn.com and you'll get a taste of some of our work that looks pretty good. Cell phone cases, cell phone awesome. cases are sexy. Now, and, if you go uh, there what, and, and you type in uh, what? Uh, one C-A-R-S-O-N. No. One CM and it, the site breaks. <laughs> yeah. If that site breaks, you call, you call me back and you consume me. Yep, okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Put it through the ringer, guys. Go there and just yeah. run some searches. See what happens. Yeah. Fantastic. But it's, it's a pretty cool example of some things we, we can do. Excellent. And it is one of these issues where the larger you get, it starts creating problems. And I have this thing over here where I tell people all the time, like, hey, yeah, we'll deal when we get there. That'll be, a, you know, you grow and then you have the money to handle the problem. Don't worry about it. But some things are structural. The company you were talking about sounds like, you know, they realized, hey, what happens if we succeed? Let's prepare for that. Yeah. Like we yeah. want to, we want to grow, right? What happens if we do? Well, let's at least set up the the minimum basic stuff to, to not crash and burn when we do. Well, and, um, and everyone starts because they've got some sort of problem and then they realize the problem is only going to get worse, right? Some people size wise, if you're big, if you got 25 million in revenues and you don't think you have a problem, you better go get your colon checked with, uh, with Robert, because is that not the right way of describing it? <laughs> proctologist yeah, proctologize <laughs> your e-commerce yeah and, uh, no, you probably maybe, have some more not. money you could be making there yeah but you know i like to say there's slinky effects at every different size of company right so we've hit 50 people and that's a typical plateau right and as we're blasting through it right and and we are all i do is hire people right now um you know, things become, you know, laws change, processes have to change. And I've been working on that because I knew we were going to hit 50 and then 100 pretty quickly. So part of my job has been to foresee that having run companies several times to go, you know what, we'd better get ready. Well, different practices work, different things work at different scales in marketing. You're going to have different channels you use at different scales. You're not going to have a TV commercial, radio commercial for most businesses at a certain size, but then you get to a different size and suddenly you need that mass market brand building outreach versus just having 10 guys hammering the phones. It's yeah. Yeah. As you grow, sometimes you need a different CEO, you know, like everything changes for when you, when you start scaling. Um, True. Fantastic. Well, okay. Listeners, you want to find, um, want to find Robert, check him out on LinkedIn. Just put in Robert Newman, uh, and come up. They have a pretty good search, uh, 
They're pretty good at it too. Yeah, <laughs> they are. I used to tell people like the handle on LinkedIn. I'm like, well, you just put in the name and it's, you don't usually yeah. get a bunch of the, results. The, that key don't fit. Here, the, here, the key here, Sky, is my last name is spelled weirdly. It's N-E-U-M-A-N-N. N slash Robert Newman. And it is pronounced Newman, right? It is. I'm going to ask at the end of the show now if I've been mispronouncing it the whole time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I no, almost Newman. I was going to go weird with it. And I was like, I'll just say something that sounds right, but it's probably wrong. No, um, you, you got it right. Excellent. So you can find them on LinkedIn. Also, uh, CSSCommerce.com, all spelled how you'd expect. Anywhere else uh, people can go check out. I know you threw out the site that you guys had worked on already, but anywhere else people can find you and your company? Yeah, I, I, I'd recommend, right? We, we have a learning site called B2B e-commerce success. No dashes, just B2B e-commerce success.com, right? You can watch some great videos, right? We haven't monetized any content. <laughs> you can you can just go out and and you know if you're if you're looking for more information, it's free. Sometimes you know we haven't done we haven't done a big webinar in a while, but they're all up there. Citizen Watches speaks on one. It's some it's some great stuff, and you know. No, no heavy selling done on the uh, on that site. Just a lot of great folks talking. It's a light dusting of selling on the side. So Always got some. Uh, no, no. Yeah. There's a link they can click. <laughs> Interested in buying they, something? Anything? If right you're here. buying something, come on over here. Uh, absolutely. A little you search know? bar, and it's just what do you want to buy, and we'll send you somewhere. Yeah. Oh no no no! It only goes one place. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't tell them that. You say we'll send you to the oh, best place. Oh, yeah. which always oh, that's right. Your place. The answer yeah. to your question is CSS Commerce. Mm, wow, it's look at what the time. best fit was. That's crazy. I know. Look what the best fit was. I you there was know a, how I don't give them any options on that site here. I've been talking the whole time about mm. I know. <laughs> there was an insurance company probably still uh, years ago I used and it was their whole thing was oh, we're not an insurance company, we're a broker. And so we just match you with the best company for you. But miraculously, they always matched everybody to this one company, (laughs) the best company. Oh, we're just matching to the best company. Like, oh, you're just another layer on them, a lead generation (laughs) layer posing as a consultant or something like that. And then it always ended up with the same insurance company. Pretty clever. I wonder how that happened. I'm sure if you're a pain in the ass, they'd be like, let's send you to a competitor and let you waste their time. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they could be looking at you and going, nope, we dealt with him before. Which is, could you do that in an e-commerce search site? Like if they put in something where you're like, oh yeah, people who search for this are terrible customers. They always complain. So let's send them to a competitor site. <laughs> we'll just have I, it links. I, right I, haven't, I haven't done that, but it's completely doable. If, yeah. if someone asked me, I, I, we could do it. If they search for something in Russian, you just straight direct them to a competitor. It's one of those bots that's just filling out any no, form they no, find. No, no, no. If they're searching, <laughs> if they're searching for something in Russian, you know, right over to the FBI. <laughs> this could be a hacker. <laughs> I get we get bot entries all the time that are just oh yeah. Like, it's trying to sell something in Russian. There's China, who knows what it I don't I don't read Russian, so I have no idea actually. But they just assume they're filling out the uh, you know, your contact us form with their sales pitch type of a thing. Definitely. Um, excellent. So Sidetracked again. Here we go. Show notes. Bit. Listeners, you want to uh, you want to find uh, 
out any of this information on uh, on Robert, the links, all that kind of stuff. We'll have it on the show notes, ifyoumarket.com. And um, that's for more links on Robert Newman. Thank you for sharing the episode. Something that's really great to listen to the podcast and you hear something and you think, oh, I know somebody who should hear this. You can just yeah. share right within the podcast and like text it to them. Great way to share uh, share content. Text it to a potential client that uh, you want to to think you really care and love them um go ahead and text them one of our episodes and they'll thank you for it um and uh on behalf of the if you market team and robert newman of css commerce thank you for listening to the if you market podcast where we believe if you market the shit out of it with a gotta help me here robert i'm blanking i usually have these filled out ahead of time i feel like late <laughs> what, what should we market the shit out of it with with e-commerce with uh, optimized e-commerce Right. With optimized e-commerce and the ability to find what you're looking for, you might sell more. All right. <laughs> Usually we say they will come afterward, but you might sell oh, more. Oh, they will come. There, there you go. <laughs> How I could took, you not I know took, that? Come I on. took your punchline. Not... <laughs> you might sell more. We'll have to swap that in every once in a while. All right. If you mark the shit out of it with uh, Robert Newman, you might sell more. That works. That works. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.